All right, what's going on YouTube? It's your boy Sooners Fanatic. So on YouTube, I'm under Sooners Fanatic. Um, it's been a real long time. Uh, had a bit of a, <laughs> I guess, stoppage. Um, just an extended break from YouTube. Um, I am no longer doing the uh, football card thing, so I sold all of those um, to help pay for college. <laughs> those uh, those books. But we are back with Oklahoma News, so I'm lit for that. I also have a podcast now that's going to be under Georgia Sooners. Um, so yeah, if you guys don't want to watch the video, you can always get on the podcast. And we also have a blog um, that is under bowleligible.net. All this information is going to be, of course, in the comment section. So if you guys want to check that out as well, it's going to be more of a national view, whereas this is more of an Oklahoma only view. Um, but I have fun over there. I do pretty cool stuff. I have some fantasy writings that I'm going to be putting in the mix, including an Oklahoma one, um, which I think a lot of people from both these platforms would be interested to read about. Also, hit me up on Instagram at AustinSwanson405. Uh, on the Twitter is at AustinElite35. And yeah, let's get into it. So um, just kind of a, a summary of the season so far since I am. this is going to be like my first one back on the YouTube and my first podcast, really. Um, we've looked good as of late. Obviously, we got off to that rough start. Oklahoma dropped two games that they should not have lost. Um, and a lot of people have made the point that if Ramon J. Stevenson um, and Ronnie Perkins were in those games, they probably win. And at first, I was not buying that hype. I think and realistically, I'm still a little bit like Oklahoma had the gun, the the ammunition to beat Kansas State. They had the ammunition to beat Iowa State. That's not the problem here. The problem is they blew those halftime leads. Um, but what's kind of been um, my thought process as a late is these kids are leaders too. So maybe the talent was there, um, right? I mean... Obviously, I think the talent should have been there if they were able to beat Texas the way that they did. But the leaders weren't in the room yet. That team was a much younger team than it is now. I think they've been through the games. They've been through the ringer, and they know what's up. So at this point in the season, Iowa State's not beating Kansas State. Or Iowa State's not beating Oklahoma. Kansas State's not beating Oklahoma. There is no one in the Big 12 that is coming close to beating Oklahoma and if you don't think that's true you know get at me then because <laughs> they've looked dominant um we're gonna get into this Kansas game that's kind of be the most of the the bulk of the video and the bulk of the podcast but they have looked very dominant as of late they dominated Texas Tech they dominated TCU um and those are decent football teams Kansas is a bit of a different story in my opinion but the big thing against Kansas is you have to still go out there and play. Um, obviously, everyone expects you to win. Let's see if I can pull this in. Obviously, everybody expects you to win, but you still have to go out there and do such. So for them to go out there and beat Kansas in the way that they did, a 62-9 to um, blowout, just kind of speaks volumes to the leaders, speaks you know volumes about Spencer. And he didn't have the best game. Um, did get a little banged up, and we'll, we'll get into all that, but it just, this Oklahoma team is looking really good, and my whole thing, my whole outtake ever since they lost that second game for the season has been, 
get experience for those younger guys. Um, the scholarships won't be taken taken away for anyone who plays this season. And then just try and develop. So get those kids in there. And, like, if you can make a run out of Big 12 title, do it. But the I think the bigger goal of this season has to be getting experience, putting those kids in situations. Um, Like, I, I really like that Spencer was in, tossed into some adversity. Um, and had to come back a couple times. Uh, Spence had to play against a really good Texas team and go into overtime and win that game. Um, everyone forgets how, comp- like, t- to be honest, I forgot how competitive that game was. But he had to go in overtime and finish him off. And I, I think that was a really good experience for Spencer. And that defense as well, because it's a young defense. Even though bulk of those guys are looking really good, it's still young. I and mean, that, that should be scary. Um but having those losses too, like you don't want to have that feeling again. And I think that was a very good growing spurt for him. Um, and hopefully we don't see it again next season. So let's get into this Kansas game. Um, not, not too much to comment on. I'm not going to bore you guys with stats, but I do have a couple ones that I want to get out there. Oklahoma got, I think it was 10 sacks and that is ridiculous. Um, their quarterback just, Man, I kind of feel sorry for him because he got beat up and he took a bunch of hits. And, you know, there's that thing on the sideline where it looked like he banged his head. Um, There was a nasty hit where it kind of looked like they damn near tore his leg off. So, you know, just a crazy game. Nick Nick Benito had three sacks in this game, um, which, oh, the defensive line. Oh, my God. The defensive line is so nice this season. Um, I think, and and I can't think of, like, 10 teams that are, have a better defensive line right now than Oklahoma. And that's scary. And I know the competition hasn't been as great. But a lot of people going into the season were saying that's going to be their weak spot. And it's turning out to be, I would even say, um, the strength of the whole team. Right? I mean, maybe outside of the H-backs, but just seeing that defensive line come together and just feast. Um, I think it was it was either Ronnie or Nick. They were talking about it's, they're fighting each other for stats. You know, they're fighting each other to get in the backfield and get a sack. Um, that's just, like, that's crazy. I think this is, in my opinion, like, in my lifetime, this is one of the first times that the whole defensive line looks like they might get drafted. Um, and a couple high picks, too, like, Nick Benino and Ronnie Perkins, they they are going to be up there. Um, they're going to be talked about in the draft, and that's scary. Um, so Oklahoma gained five hundred yards, um, five hundred plus yards, and held Kansas under three hundred. I think that's a pretty good stat. Um, scored sixty two, um, two weeks in a row, which is nice because the offense is just coming together, and a lot of that has to do with the run game and the reemergence of Ramondre Stevenson and. Ramondre has just had Kansas' number because if you go back and look at last year, that man had five carries, still gained 100 yards. Um, you know, he's he's just a tank. And he reminds me a lot of Marshawn Lynch, that big running back that kind of just runs through your face. Um, there was a lot of times that he could have, you know, went out of bounds, but he wanted to get an extra yard or two and come back into the field of play and, and you know, rough up some guys. And I think that's... That's the physicality that I expect from an Oklahoma running back. Um, they don't call it RBU for nothing. 
he's got comparisons of Samaje. Um, I think Lincoln actually said that that he reminds him a lot of Samaje, and it's just like that dude's a tank too. Um, he got a tutty I think last week, but just the emergence of Ramondre Stevenson has also opened up the passing game, and the thing of what a young quarterback is you don't want to put too much on his plate um you want to try and run the offense as best you can and as fluid as you can and you want to make that a smooth transition but you don't want to put too much on that kid's plate and if he's doing too much he's going to turn the ball over and I think having a better run game has just helped out Spencer with keeping the ball on Oklahoma's side um he did have that one pick and really I think it was um it was a lot to do with the wide receiver as well and, uh, you know, that's something they're going to go over and film and probably fix up. But just having a run game that you can rely on. And the offensive line had to pick it up. Um, Spence was getting knocked off, like knocked around a little bit. And, you know, couldn't get nothing going on in the run game. And that was a lot of the problems in the Kansas State and the Iowa State game was they couldn't get anything going in the second half. Um but here we are in uh in November, and uh, it's looking like Oklahoma can make another Big Twelve title run. So we'll see. Um, obviously, my players of the game from the Kansas game was uh, Nick Benito and Ramadre Stevenson. They just had a had they each had a game. I couldn't really call it, but I think I'm just gonna stick to that, pointing out the offensive um and then the defensive players of the game each week. So, um kind of just like on a big 12 perspective a little bit has to happen still um for them to win the big 12 i'm pretty sure that we we have a good chance of making it again this year if oklahoma can win out that's gonna be a big task um because they do have the bye week but then it's bedlam and norman and i just don't see oklahoma state having enough power to come into norman and beat uh the sooners and you know, Chuba and uh, Tylen Wallace were looking a little banged up in that game. So it, it should be interesting because if they do not play, that is a different Oklahoma State football team. And it, it, it's not going to be pretty if they cannot play because Oklahoma's defense is looking really good. Um, they're looking really good. So Kansas State, of course, lost. And um, that was a big deal. That's going to open up the door. So, you know, if as long as it's it's still going to be a bit of a task for Oklahoma to get into the Big 12 championship. But um, Kansas State losing helps. I think Iowa State and Kansas State. Yeah, Iowa State and Kansas State still play. Um, and so does Iowa State and Texas. So if the Cyclones lose both those games, they're out. Um, if Oklahoma State loses to Oklahoma, they're out because Oklahoma would own the tiebreaker. If Kansas State, Kansas State's really the only other team in the mix because um, they do own the tiebreaker over Oklahoma. If they went out, and that includes them having to beat Oklahoma or Iowa State and Texas, they're in, but I don't. I just don't see that happening. I don't think they can beat them both. Um maybe one or the other but not both um and then the last team to kind of make 
their case is Texas, right? And so Texas still has a shot to get in. They have to beat Iowa State and Kansas State. Um, in Kansas, but they had a bit of a scare this Saturday against West Virginia. Um, that West Virginia team's weird. There's been spurts that they've looked pretty good. There's been spurts they've looked awful. Um, and that team's different in Morgantown. So that is who Oklahoma closes out the season with. And could be an interesting game in Morgantown. Um, I just don't see how Oklahoma loses to West Virginia, though. Uh, the weirdest team, I think, in the Big 12 has been Baylor. They haven't played too many games, um, you know, and they're sitting there, you know, they're just sitting there. Uh, they were they were scrapping with um, a couple teams, but I don't know, it's just hard to figure out because they've been competitive in some games. Um, they've been competitive in all the games, so... We'll see what happens with them. They gave Iowa State quite the scare. Uh, Iowa State had to come back from that game, and I, I really thought Oklahoma was about to punch a ticket to the Big 12 championship. <laughs> um, so we'll see how they end up. Um, Baylor could get back to its ways of winning the Big 12 if you know things go right with their uh, new coach. So um, that's just a couple of Big 12 takeaways. The national ta- takeaway, I really want to know how everybody perceives Oklahoma. Um, I saw, I think it was Skip Bayless. It may have been Colin. One of those wacky dudes say that Oklahoma is playing the best football in America. And I'm like, you're kind of you're kind of getting some clickbait, but there is some truth behind what you're saying. Um, you saw Clemson not look good, but they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. So it's almost like we all know what's going to happen um, with playoffs. And... <laughs> You're going to have Clemson, Bama, Notre Dame, and uh, Ohio State. I don't see Notre Dame beating Clemson twice. So that's how that's how I see that happening. But Florida has looked good, too. So, you know, that's a monkey wrench. If uh, Florida does end up beating Alabama in the SEC championship, what happens from there? And there's also a bunch of teams on the outside looking in that have great resumes. Um, I really like Cincinnati this year. I like what BYU's been able to show, but they're not going to have the strength of schedule that a Cincinnati has. Um, Oregon, like out West, Oregon looked pretty good. Um, I was interested to see how they replaced Justin Herbert. So, you know, there's a lot that can happen, and that's why I'm like, y'all got to expand the playoffs. Um, And I'm actually going to put a blog on there at bowleligible.net if you guys want to check it out gonna try and release that on Tuesday or Wednesday um just talking about how how they get better at you know picking out a team you add in more teams um I don't see what the problem with that is because to be honest I don't understand if we're gonna play bowl games we're gonna have a playoff if we're gonna do all this why don't we play to start this season um I guess you give it more time and try and figure out more stuff, but like a big game this season was going to be Oklahoma versus Tennessee. And, you know, I'm kind of like thinking my lucky stars that we didn't play. I got like one of my boys, he played at Tennessee, so we always like give each other crap. But I felt like Oklahoma had the funds to be able to be safe and play a Tennessee. 
I feel like Tennessee had the funds to be safe and play in Oklahoma. Tennessee, of course, has traveled to Arkansas, which is, you know, right there next to Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's traveling to Morgantown, like, which is close to Tennessee. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think they're traveling. I think that's in Morgantown. But it just doesn't make sense why we didn't get a play. And then we're all just going to play bowl games at the end of the season. So who knows? Um, but as far as Big 12 or as far as Oklahoma looks on the national scale, I'd be interested to see, like, if anyone wants to comment kind of uh, their perspectives on the Sooners. And then bowl games. So we're starting to get towards the end of the season looking at bowl games. And Oklahoma, they could get a New Year's Six Bowl. I'd – Unless they expand the playoffs to eight teams, I don't see them getting into playoffs this year. Um, unless mass chaos, high, high profile teams start losing, and you know, that's not gonna happen in championship November. Um, Oklahoma is not the only one that uses that motto. So, um, a lot of teams are playing their best football right now. So a New Year's Six Bowl is definitely in the in the headlights, but it's gonna be tough for. Uh, for them to get in the playoffs, so hopefully they get that uh that New Year's Six dub, which to me this season has reminded me of a lot of Bob Stoops last year, where Oklahoma had the two early losses, started to put it together towards the end of the season, um and beat that Auburn team in the Sugar Bowl. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, last little subject we're gonna talk about is the future of Oklahoma, and it is a bright future. Um, I'd start buying Oklahoma stock if I could if that's how this world worked and you could buy stock markets on teams but Oklahoma is going to be really good in a couple years and by a couple I mean next year um returning the bulk of this defense we'll have to see what happens with Ronnie um if he wants to come back so but and then Trey Brown um and then a couple of different like mid-level cornerbacks that we have so realistically we're going to return the bulk of this defense going to get some the recruiting class is starting to look really good it's starting to come together um about we're a couple of commits away and there's a couple of kids that i'm pretty sure are in the boat they're just waiting um but uh, this team is going to be good y'all uh, this team is going to be really good next year 2022 if spencer doesn't go to the draft are going to be special um and the scary thing is i'm not trying to buy into the hype i'm I'm trying to stay away because i don't want to get disappointed but it feels like next season's national championship or bust and that's not a great mentality but that's the oklahoma mentality and it's been like that for the past five years so um yeah and it's it's gonna be a tough one but realistically Oklahoma's gonna have the best quarterback in the country seeing as Trevor Lawrence is going to the draft Justin Fields is probably going to the draft I mean it's probably for both of those dudes um see what happens with you know the, the other dudes near the top but those are the big two um and then of course Mac Jones is leaving for the draft I'm sure, or I would if I was Mac Jones. I don't know what he's doing, but so 
like of the big um college football programs, Spencer's gonna be like the most seasoned quarterback. Um, because they're all gonna be having to break in new quarterbacks, and you know the the wide receiving core at Oklahoma is deep, and we got Stog, we got crazy H backs. Um, my biggest concern. My biggest concern of Oklahoma's for next season is the offensive line, specifically the center position, because I, we haven't seen this team without Creed Humphrey in quite some time. Um, <laughs> if if uh, if by some way somehow, Lincoln can get him to come back, <laughs> which I wouldn't. He's gonna go first round, so. Um, but there's a couple dudes around him that maybe come back for just to try and up their stock. Um, the offensive line is very seasoned right now, so I I just expect almost a full turnover, and that's just, um, that's gonna be tough. There is young parts to it, so maybe that's good. And we have great recruits at Oklahoma, but it's you know that's the one chink in the armor. Um, the defensive backs are gonna continue to improve. The defensive line, for the most part, should. St- still be intact linebackers are going to be like way better and uh and then the uh safety position once we get healthy guys back it's going to look really good so the stock is trending up for the oklahoma sooners um and 2021 is going to be a fun year uh hopefully we can close out the year with a couple more dubs get into a new year six bowl hopefully the peach bowl and go watch them this year um haven't got a chance to, to watch them i've watched them every year for the past uh two years so keep that streak alive hopefully they get into the peach bowl that's gonna be it for me um looking to try and come out with a more detailed um uh, more detailed podcast on recruiting for the middle of the week and then we are gonna well i guess we gotta buy this weekend so i can't really do a preview um Comment below if you guys want to see me do a national preview for the weekend. Um, I, of course, am going to put out a blog on the weekend, like before the weekend, so I can kind of do a uh, a YouTube for that as well. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for me. Don't forget, comment, like, subscribe, hit up the podcast. It's uh, Georgia Sooners. Check out the blog, bowelligible.net, and the YouTube is Sooners Fanatic. That's going to be it for me. See you guys.